three, two, one. What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Hey Friends podcast. It's time for a key and some tea with your host, Good Journey. Nobody can go back and start a new beginning, but anyone can start today and make a new ending. Maria Robinson. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Hey Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Good Journey, and I will say it's been a while since I've sat down in this chair. I recorded a couple of episodes back-to-back, which allowed me to take a week off um, last week, which was helpful because I was in California in the Bay Area last week for work. Um, I, as you know, work in HR and I was supporting our communications team as they were doing some team activities over there and it was fantastic. I love the West Coast. I always say if ever I were to move out of Houston, the only place that I would go to within the contiguous United States that I wouldn't go kicking and screaming is California. By the water, like literally LA, San Diego, San Francisco, Palo Alto, Oakland, like loved it was such a fabulous time it was cold a lot colder than i thought it was going to be but it was absolutely beautiful but i'm back to be back down south back in texas back in houston back with you guys sitting on this chair unfortunately today there is no drink by the adventurous bartender and not because she didn't prepare one because she absolutely did and it was it's like an aperol spritz we'll do it in a couple of weeks but I am starting a new journey in the not too distant future, which requires me to kind of stay away from caffeine, stay away from alcohol, stay away from red meat, stay away from like sugar, like all the stuff that I love. I'm in the process of freezing my eggs. I know. I'll talk about that in, in the next, not the next couple podcasts, but I'll talk about that in the not too distant future once everything is done. But I'm just getting started now. And because of that, I'm abstaining from everything delicious until... I'm done to get the best result that I can. So, yeah, shouts out to me. I'm excited about this new journey, and I just want to stop the clock. I don't want the clock, my biological clock, to be the thing that makes me rush into a relationship or rush into something with somebody because I'm fighting against father time. Like, I just want to stop the clock and really kind of get to know somebody and do things in a very, in a, in a less stressful way. And by doing so, I'm freezing my eggs and giving myself time. So because of that, no drink today, Um, but I'll keep you guys posted on how it all goes uh, in the not too distant future. Um, What's been going on in the last couple of, well, in the last time I've seen you? Um, My parents came into town, so my mom just left this morning and she was with us for like a week or so. It was funny because I have my podcast equipment here in the living room kind of tucked into a corner when it's not in use. And she was like, so how's the podcast going? And I was like, you know, it's going good. And I'm like, I'm excited about it. She's like, well, send me the link and I'll listen to it. I was like, "Mm -mm, I don't think you'd like it. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, I mean, it's not like X rated or R rated. I don't curse a lot on here or anything like that. It's nothing, it's nothing horrible. I just think the subject matter, I don't know. I don't think she'd like it. The relationship with my mom is, is quite tenuous and it has been for all of my life really. Um, and, and we're working on it and things. And I just, 
I don't know, I feel like it's one of those things where I, not that I'm embarrassed, because that's absolutely not the term that I would use. I think I'm more so just super cautious about sharing certain things when it comes to my mother. So I was like, you know what, I don't know if you're gonna like it. She let it go, but I'm, sh I'm certain she's gonna find the link somewhere and listen to it. And if she does, hey mom, love you. Um, so there's that. Um, another thing, I got back on the dating apps. Well, I got back on a dating app because the dating app, dating app situation is very like, it's a lot. So there's, the, here's my school of thought because I didn't want to go back onto the dating apps because I just kind of felt like it was a sea of stuff that I wasn't interested in, right? So here's my thing. This year, I resolved to going outside more, to meeting new people, to having new experiences, and I'm absolutely going to do that. The thing is, is that I'm a single mom, and during the week, I'm not out in the streets. I'm not meeting people. I'm not doing a whole lot when my daughter's here. So when my daughter's here, it's me and her. We're moving and shaking. We're vibing. Like We have our, our things that we do every day at every time, and, and we've, we've got things settled. But on the weekends, that's when I'm going to be outside. So I feel like during the week, I'm happy to swipe and talk and, and all of those kinds of things where I'm kind of homebound, for lack of a better term. But during the weekend, I want to just experience life, like not even in pursuit or in search of a somebody or a something, just more so in a pursuit and a search of fun and just like of exploring my city and finding new things. And there's always a new restaurant or a new thing to do in Houston. There's no shortage of things to do. So the weekends are going to be spent exploring and the weekdays are gonna be spent scrolling. So everybody that is at this point like single and searching, happy searching, I'm now searching online too. So God bless us everyone. Okay, not what I wanna talk about today. Today, I wanna to talk about how do you know if you're on the right life path? I feel like this one is, is something that a lot of people struggle with because it just seems like we do things because we have to. Like not a lot of, you have to be a very lucky individual to do the thing that you absolutely love to do and get paid enough to do it and not have to do anything else. So a lot of people, you know, they might have a nine to five and then their side hustle may be the thing that generates income while their nine to five is the thing that they love or vice versa. And I just want wanted to kind of talk about how do you know you're on the right life path? How do you know that this thing that you're doing, that you're putting your time in, that you're putting your resources in, how do you know that that's what you're supposed to do? And since I don't have all the answers, as we all very well know, I searched online because your girl loves Google. And I found this amazing article from the data-driven investor. I don't know how I happened upon it, but I might've put in the right keywords. And what came up was some really amazing information. So I'm gonna share it with you. But first, I'm gonna start off with my journey to where I am now because I kind of fell into it. So growing up Nigerian, you're a doctor, a pharmacist, a lawyer kind of, like a professor, like you're, you're, you're an educator or you're in medicine. There's very little change from that from a Nigerian parent's perspective. The reason that is is because they feel like roles in the medical field will never go out of style like you're never going to get reduced workforce reduced you're never going to get fired like you're always going to have a job not technically correct but that's how they feel and so because they wanted that kind of safety they push their kids into these roles the problem with that for me anyway is that i am 
trash garbage at math. I am trash garbage at sciences. Like I am not, it just takes so much brain power for me to do it. And I am more of a creative artistic mind, is that right brain, as opposed to left brain. And I know for a fact, you don't want your doctor second guessing herself every single step of the way, because that would be me. That would be me like just unclear about what I'm supposed to do. Anyway, undergraduate, I tried my hardest to get a business degree. And when I tell you my parents called in the cavalry, I had aunties and uncles that I'd never talked to in my life calling me, telling me that I was making a horrible choice and that I needed to go into the med field and not go into business because I'm gonna come out of school and not find a job um, and everything. So I went and did my undergraduate in kinesiology because I was supposed to do physical therapy. <laughs> Because I figured I like sports, I could do sports therapy, kind of the same. So I went into kinesiology undergrad to get into physical therapy school. By the time my senior year rolled around and I did my, my internship in a physical therapist's office, who was a sports therapist, by the way, I hated it. I hated touching people. I hated just like the, the act of being very like on people and manual muscle testing. Like I hated everything about it and I knew that I would so it wasn't much of a surprise and I was in my senior year so I was just like well let's just finish this thing let's get it done be done with it and so I graduated and wouldn't you know it my parents were right I graduated my undergrad in 2008 and that's when the housing crisis happened and all the jobs were gone so it didn't matter what I did because guess what there weren't any jobs to be had so for the next year I moved to Phoenix Arizona I got a real estate license and I started selling real estate and that was going okay. And then I got married and left Arizona, went up to Utah, and I was like, okay, now's the time. Now's the time where I can get that business degree that I wanted. So I worked on prereqs for a year because I, all my prereqs were in the sciences. I had no like finance classes, no accounting classes. Like I had none of that stuff. So I took that next year just to get my prereqs done to apply to business school. And then your girl got into business school. And when I got in, I was like, what job in an MBA is gonna make me the most money? Investment banking. Investment banking is going to make you the most money in my mind. And I'm probably right. If you're not an entrepreneur, investment banking, you'll do well, right? But remember, I'm trash garbage at math. So I went through my first finance class and I was like, oh, like this is what investment banking is. I'm not going to be able to do it. Get somebody else to do it because it's not me. And then I kind of waited a little bit. Like I just didn't know what I wanted to do with this MBA. I knew that like the doors were wide open, but anything that had to do with numbers, out. No accounting, no finance, like I'm not going to be able to do it. I struggled through those classes until the second semester of my first year, I took a labor relations course. And that labor relations course completely changed the trajectory of my life because I was like, it's the people. I love the people process. I love how it's ever changing. I love that there's so many laws to not only protect companies, but there's a bunch of laws to protect our employees and I wanted just to dig in there so long story short I dug in with an HR um, concentration and I really kind of worked at it for until I graduated um, graduated got a job at Target in their HR department where I met some of my very best friends to this day <laughs> and it was it was a tough road I'm not gonna lie it was not easy um, it was long hours long days we were working retail so fourth quarter Christmas time I used to love and working at Target I absolutely hated it because we were working 13 14 hour days like it was nuts um, and then I got recruited by ADP and I was a human resource business partner for seven years 
um, and I was able to work from home. I got my certifications, a professional human resource certification, a senior professional human resource certification. So not only do I have an MBA, I am certified to do what I do. Like I know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying? And so now I, I got, you know, coached by another company and now I work at another company which shall not be named because I'm currently an employee there. So I'm not gonna tell you where I work, child, but I work for a very amazing company that I absolutely adore. And it just kind of happened where it's just like I followed I followed the yellow brick road to my place. I didn't know where exactly I was going to land until I just started moving, right? Like I didn't know where the car was going to be parked, where the destination was, and there's no way I would have found my way into HR hadn't I just taken a step of faith, taken a leap of faith and got into business school just to see what would have happened. And I'm so glad that I did. So back to, now that you know my story, back to the data-driven investor. What do they say, based on all the research that they do, what do they say that you need to do? Or how, how do you know if you're on the right path? So they say you feel excited waking up in the morning. Okay, so pause, because not, I love my job and I love what I do and I know that I'm right in the place where I should be, but I don't love my job every single day. But I guess for the most part, I wake up and I'm excited to start my day. Like I'm, I'm happy to do it. Um, they also say you are more and more confident as the days pass by, and this is an absolute yes. When I first started in HR, I second-guessed myself quite a bit. Even though I had a lot of working, um, technical, logistical knowledge, when you're dealing with people, you can't deal with people in a vacuum because a person may have a job and may not be performing well at their job, but what's happening at home? What are the causes that might, might happen that way? Is, are there any pitfalls that we need to be thinking about or talking about or looking at? So there's a lot to consider that way. And so, yeah, it takes a little bit of time to gain that acumen that you need. But yes, you, you get more and more confident as you progress through it. Um, you find yourself focused on the future instead of looking back on the past. Like, you know how those guys sometimes that played football in college and that's all they can talk about is how they played football in college or football in high school and how great their stats were, but they're 42 right now? Like, you still have a whole lot of life left to go and you're still worried about what you did when you were 19, 20 years old. Like, if you're not focused on the past and highlighting those, those past achievements and accomplishments, but you're looking forward to the future, that's how you know you're on the right life path. Um, you become consistent in working hard towards achieving your goals. I love that. Because nothing is going to come to you easy. Nothing is going to come to you without hard work, elbow grease, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. Unless you're a Nepo baby, then you get kind of an elevator up to the top. But a lot of us, most of us are not. And so the way that we get it, the way that we get there, especially as black women, the way that we get there is being the best in the room. Like you have to be the cream, of the cream rises to the top. You gotta be the cream of the crop. You gotta be the best of the best. And I know that it's not the best message to send or the greatest thing because a lot of people can be subpar and skate by, but we as black women, we cannot. Like we have to, we have to completely dispel any kind of myths that they might have about us and just be amazing, be great um, at all times. Um, you are making changes in your life for the better. So for me, right now, I'm not drinking, which I wish I could have that Aperol Spritz that the adventurous bartender made for us, but I'm making changes for my future. Like I see my future in a certain kind of way, and because I'm not quite there yet, I have to prepare for it. I have to do things to get myself in the position to get what I want in the future. So yeah.
I feel like I'm on the right life path if you can't tell, alright? You don't settle. Yes. Yes. Do not settle. And this was very hard, especially as a single girl at my age. I feel like the settling monster is starting to like poke me and, you know, whisper things into my ear like, oh, you're getting this age, da -da -da. like you should think about. That's okay. Like it's not that bad. It is that bad. Like don't settle. Please, there is no imaginary clock saying that if you don't get married by 40, you're a failure. There's no imaginary clock that says if you don't get married by 30, you're a failure. Or if you don't have the job that you're looking for by 35, you might as well just throw in the towel. Like, there, there's, the rules are fake. The rules are all fake. Do what you want to do. Do not settle. Keep striving. Keep going. Keep moving towards your goal because it's never too late to get there. As long as you're breathing this oxygen that God put on this earth for us, there's a goal in mind for you. There's something that you can still do. It's never too late. Um, having no regrets with whatever the outcome is, which is crazy, right? Like just being on the path is good enough. Whether you have those, these pie in the sky goals, what do they say, like shoot for the moon, and even if you don't make the moon, you'll hit some stars. I feel like that's what this is saying. Like even if you don't necessarily get to the goal or the outcome wasn't exactly what you expected it to be, at the very least, you're on your way. You've made progress. You're still moving forward. Um, another thing was you stopped chasing people. I don't know, this is the second time I've done these, this list like this and every time it keeps telling me about myself because stop chasing people like, whoa, like seriously, we're not, the, we're not talking about the it's giving toxic like we did last time, but this is a serious situation. Like you're, you're not chasing people anymore. You're not looking at person A and saying, oh, they're over here, I should be over here too. Or they're over there, I should be closer to where they're at. Like you've just, you've taken all of those people out of your purview. You've, you've put your blinders on and you're running your own race. You're doing your own thing. You're not worried about this person because ultimately if you're on the right life path as this is explaining the people that are supposed to be in in your life will be in your life and the people that aren't supposed to be in your life will not be in your life if you find yourself chasing people and spending a lot of time chasing after this person or trying to focus on what they're doing you're missing out on all the things that you could be doing so you got to really just kind of keep that in mind don't chase people um and the last one is, you are responsible. I don't know how to really take this, the you are responsible. I guess, I don't know, you're responsible. I don't like that last one, and I don't like that I ended there, because I don't really have anything much else to add to that, but that's what they say at the Data Driven Investor Shop. They say that you're responsible if you're on the right life path. Take that as you will. And because we always do yin and yang on this show, there's no way that we're going to have that whole list without talking about how can you tell if you're not on the right path. So let us begin. So if you're not on the right path, you're going to want to look out for these five signs. The first, the situation at hand is costing you your power. I've heard so many of the girlies on Instagram say, don't let anybody, don't give anybody your power. Your power is for you. That's something that you keep. And you can't let somebody knock you off your square. Keep your power. Keep, keep that to you because that's going to be the thing that's going to propel you forward. Second, you feel drained. Tired is okay. Drained? means that you're depleted and that's a red flag. Yo, sometimes I get off of work and I'm tired. Yes, I'm tired, but I'm, 
I, I'm gonna get some rest, I'm gonna eat some good food, I'm gonna wake up and we're gonna go, go, out, go out on it another day. Like we're gonna go for it another day. When you're drained and depleted, it's just like, I cannot do this anymore. You're not on the right path. I remember when I lived in Utah, I worked for a call center and I hated it. I hated it so much. I hated it so much that I figured out a way because my creative right brain was like, oh no, get somebody else to do it. We're not doing this. So I was like, okay, how? In the call center, the calls would come in automatically, right? And the managers could see how many calls you took. Blah, 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 blah. I figured out a way to pause my calls from coming in, but it still looked like I was getting calls coming in. I cannot remember exactly how I did it, but I figured out a way to do it within our systems. And I would just sit there for hours, for hours. And this was before Instagram existed and we couldn't have our phones on the floor anyway. But I would sit there for hours and just think like this, this is hell. Like this would be, if we can conjure up hell in our minds, this is what hell would be because I cannot do this. It was horrible. And I would go to work and just feel drained. And I would come home and I would feel drained. Like I just had no energy, had no spice for life. I just wanted to be left alone. And that's, I knew that that was not my path. It's no way I'm gonna be a manager of a call center child. Like blessings and shouts out to everybody that can do it. I cannot do it. It's not for me. Okay, three. You feel wildly confused about where your life is going. I think we need to leave space for this a little bit where, you know, you just, you don't know. Maybe you are young and you just are feeling life out and trying to figure it out. Don't spend too long in this space, I will caution. But you're young and you're figuring it out. Or you're mid-age, mid, mid -age, right? Um, you're an adult and you're wanting a change, like a big drastic change. You don't know what it is, but you're just like, I'm not currently on the path that I feel like I should be on and I don't know what the real path is. Um, and you just feel confused. Good. You're not on the right life path, but you're going, you're heading in the right direction. You're making a move. You're taking a step. You're starting the car. Um, four, you are especially on the wrong path when you feel like you are losing yourself to a particular situation. I think that goes back to, again, like giving away your power, losing your power. You lose yourself. You just so don't even recognize yourself anymore. You're like just a shell of who you used to be, right? And the last thing, if you find yourself saying, I can't help feeling like I lost myself, then you probably betrayed yourself along the way. So if you kind of self-identify it, then who are we to tell you that you aren't on the right life path, right? Anyway, thank you to the data-driven investor for this, these tips and tricks to figure out how we know we're on the life right life path, how we can identify if we're not, and some tips and tricks from my personal journey to hopefully help in getting you to identify where you're at and make a change if you need to. And if not, and you're kind of in the same situation as me and you find yourself that you're doing what you're supposed to do, hats off to you, kudos to you, congratulations, keep striving, the cream rises to the top, so if you're not the best, figure out a way to become the best. I know it's an it's a journey that's going to continue throughout your life, but it's a journey well worth your time. So with that, it is tea time. Okay, y'all know what that sound is, and what that sound is, is tea time. It is celebrity, and we have a lot of babies born. So I'm gonna do a baby shout out. I wish I had like a baby, like audio, like a cry or something, but it's, it's a lot of, what is it? Capricorn Aquarius, it's a lot of babies that are coming out right now. So let's get started with congratulations to Shamar Moore. 
and Jezere Dizon. They welcomed a baby girl. Shamar's like in his 50s, right? And also Shamar is very cringy to me. I don't know what it is, but he's too, he's too pretty and he knows he's pretty. And so everything he does is very like pretty boy. It's giving like very light skin pretty boy. And I just, I can't, but shout out to Shamar Moore um, and Jezere Dijon for their baby girl. Paris Hilton welcomed a baby boy. She's 41 years old. She welcomed his baby via surrogate. Um, I watched her show Paris in Love. It was on Peacock and it was all about her wedding. And sometimes I forget how rich Paris Hilton is because she shut down Santa Monica Pier for like one of her wedding events. I'm certain that that's super expensive. Anyway, shout out to Carter Brom, I believe is his name. That's her husband and Paris Hilton who welcomed a baby boy, Mazel Tov. Y'all should catch that Paris in Love show on Peacock where she shows her getting married because it's a, it truly is a very fabulous affair. I'm not gonna lie. Um, Mike, the situation from Jersey Shore, welcomed a baby girl with his wife, Lauren, which good for y'all. Brian McKnight and his wife welcomed a baby boy. Brian McKnight is older too, and I can't really remember how old he is, but he's pushing 50, maybe even 60 child, but he's older. And then, oh yeah, Blueface and um, what's her name? Krishan Rock. She said that she's pregnant. Blueface's mom said Blueface got a vasectomy, which weird information. Blueface is 26 years old, I think, like he's young. But he already has kids. Anyway, since then, Krishan has been in like fights and like, I don't know. Their relationship is given like the new age Bobby and Whitney, but even more toxic if that's even possible. But sh I don't even want to say shout out to them. Like, go get help, y'all. Find a therapist. Go talk to the lady because it's a lot. Y'all two are doing too much. You're doing too much. Um, but she's pregnant, or so they say. Um, and then last but not least, Kiki Palmer. We already know Kiki Palmer's pregnant. She announced her pregnancy um, when she was on Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live um, late last year. Um, but she just confirmed that she's having a boy. And I don't know what it is, but Kiki Palmer is like um, like all of millennial girls. Like that's our sister. Like that's our friend. We went to college with Kiki Palmer. Like we, we all know a Kiki Palmer. And I just feel like Kiki, we grew up with her. And it's just good to see our sis like happy and, and all of those kinds of things. She's just, she's a gem. She's a national treasure, Kiki Palmer is. So shout out to Kiki Palmer. Okay, couple more celebrity stories. It turns out Chris Brown reportedly owes $4 million in back taxes to the IRS. Listen here, celebrities, listen. Because too many of us have gone to prison for some IRS nonsense and I needed to stop. Because why? Listen, ginti, that means listen in Igbo. Pay attention to me. Whatever your accountant is doing that's like trying to hide you and shield you from tax laws is not working. The IRS will come for your money. You all are 1099 workers, independent contractors, which means the checks that you receive from your label or from the movie um, studio or wherever these checks are coming from are not W-2 checks, which means that taxes are not being extracted from your checks. So you're getting your gross pay, not your net pay which also means that on that paycheck that you receive, a portion of that needs to go to Uncle Sam. And a lot of y'all like to live in California, so Uncle Sam, his cousin Brian, his brother Tony, like it's a lot of taxes you gotta pay in California. So please pay those taxes. We need your art, we need your, your vibes, we need your light. Stay out of prison because of taxes, please. Chris Brown, pay your taxes. Just get it done. Get on a plan, do what you gotta do, get it done. Okay. 
Next story, shout out to our sister, Angela Bassett, our auntie. Everybody's auntie, Angela Bassett. She is the first, she is the very first character in the Marvel Universe to be nominated for an Oscar. And of course she is, because she's a queen. Not only the queen of Wakanda, but our queen collectively. This woman is 64 years old, I believe. And she is not only absolutely stunning, but she is so very talented and has been talented seemingly my entire life anyway. So I assume hers as well. But she has just um, been nominated for an Oscar for her role as the queen in Wakanda forever. And we stand a queen in our lives. Cannot wait and I hope she wins it um, because she should have won it honestly for um, the Tina Turner biopic that she did, but she didn't win it. So she needs reparations. So she needs to win this one as well. Um, last story. Oh, I feel like since the last time we talked, and we haven't talked about it here, but since the last time we talked, Lori Harvey, um, hard released her newest boyfriend, which is Damson Idris, the fellow who plays Franklin Saint on, uh, the show called Snowfall. Fabulous show on FX. Catch it. Um, you can also stream it on Hulu. I don't know why I'm saying this. They're not paying me for this. Anyway, catch Snowfall. It's a good show. Anyway, Damson Idris is now dating Lori Harvey who has a roster of A-list celebrities that she has dated. And I, listen, here's my feelings about it. I don't want to see no more of Lori Harvey's boyfriends. I'm sick of it. Lori Harvey is a beautiful, talented, smart businesswoman, model, socialite. But I feel like to keep her name in our mouths and top of mind, she needs to be connected to some like A-list person. And I just feel like, it, the revolving door of gorgeous rich black men. It was cute at first, but now it's just kind of like, Lori, girl, stop, it's enough. Just live your life over there. And whenever you're ready to like hard launch an engagement ring, come back to us. Like I'm, I'm tired of seeing her date a bunch of dudes. It's, it's just, it's not a good look. For me and my cultural hangups, in Nigerian culture, you bring the person to the house that you're going to marry. You don't just bring any boyfriend that's just coming inside and outside. Like, you you don't do that. You date. Do what you want to do. I just don't need to see. I don't need to be privy to this information. I do not care. So, I do not care. Um, my last story is about Britney Spears. I don't ever talk about Britney Spears on here because I don't know why I don't, but... Okay, so Britney Spears recently deleted her Instagram account. But before she deleted her Instagram account, she changed her name to River Red and then was doing like all her spinny things that she does. You know how she like spins on her Instagram? So she was spinning and spinning and spinning and then she changed her name to Ruby Red and then she made this like weird, weird caption. And I wish I saved the caption and it doesn't look like I did, but it was some weird caption shot. And then she deactivated her Instagram. But before she deactivated her Instagram, and I was going to talk about this anyway, she removed the comments from her Instagram because a lot of people were like worried about a Britney Spears. Like, Ayo sis, your eyes are looking crazy. What are these brown shoes that you have? Why are you in these low rise shorts all the time? Why are you constantly spinning? Why do your eyes look glazed over? How come you're not talking for real? Like everything, everything just kind of looks weird on her, on her Instagram. And people are, are, are getting like, keen to it, like they're seeing it, right? And there's a lot of think pieces about it. People are getting on TikTok and like, did y'all see that? And talking about it till she deactivated the thing. And, and because of that, a lot of the fans got the cops to go to her house. They called the cops to her house to do a wellness check on Miss Spears. 
That is like wild. First of all, how do you know where Britney Spears lives? Second of all, like, doesn't she have a husband now? I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Britney, but I, I'm praying for sis because she's been through it her entire life and it just seems like she's still going through it, but in a different way and nobody can help her. So low-key, high-key, I think she, the conservatorship was necessary, but I just think that there was a lot of mess and a lot of grossness happening in that conservatorship, but a piece of it was necessary. Like, she needs something. And I'm no therapist. I'm not the lady. I don't know. But I feel like she needs something and somebody needs to help her. I just don't know who that's supposed to be. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed Celebrity. But now we are going to get into our story times and questions. As always, please do submit your story times and questions to our email info at heyfriendspod.com so I can read it on the show and we can talk through it together. question comes from a listener and it reads can I get in trouble because of what happened at a work Christmas party oh, probably um, the party happened just before Christmas um, but lots of people have had holidays so I'm just getting to writing you now okay so it says I attended the party which was a meal and drinks at a restaurant each department organized their own event and the company paid an amount per person it was booked in the company name. Okay. The restaurant has complained to our site manager about the behavior of the attendees, saying people were drunk, loud, made very offensive comments, caused damage, and they had complaints from other diners. This was true about a lot of the people, but not all. I was not one of the bad ones. But from the rumors, it sounds like the restaurant said everyone was bad. My company has started an investigation. Can they realistically do anything anyway and if so, could the innocent people be punished? Yes, 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 they could. They could absolutely do something to the people that were causing a ruckus at the restaurant because their company name was put on there. Their company paid for the event. Um, yes, uh, the company can terminate based on how people acted and based on their investigation and come back and said, you know, person X, Y, and Z, you did badly. Person A, B, and C, or A, A and B, you didn't, but you were just there, but you didn't do anything wrong. So ultimately, yes, somebody could be fired on an off-site, work-funded dinner, party, whatever. You're still, just because you're not in the building, you're, you're still representing the company. And the company can absolutely ensure that they're covered in that way by releasing employees and saying we have nothing to do with those employees we can't control people but to the best of our ability we're going to ensure that it never happens again and by doing so we're going to fire these people yes they absolutely can now can they just do a sweeping everybody that was there is going to get fired no um, i mean sure they could but they wouldn't most companies are far more um, smart than that they had that's why they have hr departments to do these kinds of investigations and and figure out who the culprits are um, and go that way as opposed to doing a blanket firing. First of all, if you do a blanket firing, who's going to do the work? Because somebody got to come to work. Um, if we fired everybody, not a good look. Second of all, the people that didn't do anything, if you do get terminated, you can turn around and sue the company. And 
most companies do not want to get in a lawsuit, even the large ones. It just looks bad on the company. So if you weren't one of the ones that were doing bad, you really don't have anything to worry about. And if they do fire you, you can just sue them. But if you were one of the ones doing bad, child, I ask for forgiveness or something. I don't know. Make some kind of penance. I don't know what to tell you, but yeah, don't do that because they can absolutely fire you for bad behavior off-site at a company-sponsored event. I hope that helps. Taking off my HR hat. And now it's time for a story time. Okay, this person um, said, crashed a car as a valet and got away with it. Somehow, in quote, like in parentheses. Okay, so this person says, for the past year, I've been working as a valet for an upscale steakhouse. This happened my first day on the job. Our lot is about 20 spots long with big square concrete pillars between every three spots. It was my first day, so I was still trying to settle in and get comfortable with the way things run. And of course, I wanted to impress, so I was going as fast as I could within reason. Well, as more and more people showed up, I guess I started to rush, and as I was parking this brand new Toyota Camry, I pulled forward to adjust and accidentally turned into a pillar, completely destroying the left side from the front fender to the back door. What? Since it was my first day, I was too embarrassed and nervous to say anything. Like I said, it was when I parked it, so I had to keep working knowing that the customer could come out any second. Luckily, it had gotten dark by the time they came out, so I pulled the car up. They approached from the right, and the left side was very dark, so they couldn't even notice. I was also holding the door open, of course. My manager did see the damage, but never said anything. Probably just assume it came in like that, since the customers didn't mention it. Since then, I haven't had a single problem, not a scratch. For what it's worth, most of our customers are very grateful are very well off, so I'm not exactly boiling over with guilt. Just grateful I got to keep the job and not pay for the damage. Some extra details. The customer never returned or called, and company policy is if an employee damages a vehicle, they are either fired or charged for at least half of the damage. Okay, see, this pisses me off because I ballet my car all the time. In Houston, when you go out like in the city in the evening, for whatever reason, a lot of the lots, even if you go to a restaurant, after the sun goes down, a lot of the lots turn to ballet lots. Even if they were free at one point, not free for dinner, okay? So everywhere you go, you have to ballet your car. And I drive a pretty nice car, but I'm not swimming in cash. Just because I drive a nice car doesn't mean like, I'm Bill Gates in this thing, you know what I'm saying? So if you're just like whipping cars around and doing damage like this, Oh no, you're getting a phone call. Like that's crazy that the Toyota Camry people never called. I would have called. I wish, wish you didn't get fired or whatever, but somebody's gonna pay for that and it's not gonna be me. But shout out to you for keeping your job and ensuring that you don't do that in the future, not even a scratch. I can appreciate that. But valet folks, please take your time. I, I'm, I'm not in a rush. Just take your time. Be easy with my vehicle, please. God. Okay, well. As always, it's my most sincere pleasure and delight to sit in this chair and talk to you about life and celebrity and hope Britney Spears is doing okay and just like kiki with y'all. So I really do appreciate every listen, every like, every comment, every share. So please do that. Please comment, please share, please like, subscribe, all those things. It helps the algorithm, pushes this podcast up to the top, which is where we're going. And I thank you guys so much. Again, if you have any questions or story times, please send them to the email info at heyfriendspod.com. You can follow the pod at, um, at, hey, uh, at heyfriendspod1 on all socials. You can follow me, your host, Good Journey, 
um, on all socials. And until next time, goodbye. Hey friends, let's keep the conversation going. Join the party on all socials, TikTok, IG, and YouTube at HeyFriendsPod1. And you can follow my personal page at Good Journey. Two E's, no Y. See y'all in the comment section. Bye.